Hey guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens off the back of a chaotic, to say the least, round one. Crazy times. I think everyone's reasonably disappointed. And if you're not, well, you probably don't know your supercoach all that well just quietly. That's what I'm running with anyway. Brought to you once again by Bloke in a Bar, the beer of sport. Make sure you get out this week, grab yourself a case. Timmy, I don't know about you, mate, but I am rattled. What about yourself? Guru, not too bad, mate. Good to be along firstly, but uh, got through it okay. Score-wise, not so much, but here to tell people that we're a week into the season and do not panic. Pretty well all, all of us are in the same boat uh, as each other at the moment. Give or take a few of those up in the top 5 10%, but, mate, it's not panic stations yet and feeling okay. Marathon, not a sprint, huh? Exactly right, mate. Thank God it's not a sprint. I'd be in serious trouble. <laughs> uh, now, today, we are going to dive into the team list. We're not going to go through every single change for you guys. We've got about five or six dot points. You guys can read. You can check team list yourself. You know the guys that are back in, Latrell Mitchell, these sort of guys back from suspension, Reese Walsh. We're going to touch on a few other ones that are really interesting here. We're then going to talk about a lot of your questions were around trades. How many trades are you going to make? Tim's going to touch on his specific strategy for that, so we're going to throw that your way, and then we're going to answer some of your questions. We've got about six or seven questions that have been sent in by you guys we're going to dive into. So let's start with Teamless Tuesday, and all things considered, not as chaotic as what I probably expected, so we'll take that. The first one is with the Melbourne Storm. Now, we've seen Harry Grant return. We've already we've also seen Cameron Munster return. Now, Cameron Munster returning obviously puts pushes Nick Meaney out of the sixth jersey. Thankfully, he's on the extended bench. We'll see Irema named on the wing, and that's pretty relevant for all of us, isn't it, Timmy? Because that means Pappy should... I want to say will, goal kick. Yeah, mate, the only reason he won't be is if they are still a little bit concerned about that ankle niggle, and for that reason they opted to let Cam Munster or someone like that kick. But uh, looking at that team 1-17, to 17, he's the best goal kicker in the squad. And Meany surprised me a little bit. I thought they would have slotted him onto the wing, but uh, no go. So, mate, awesome news for us, Pappy owners, and being one of them, pretty happy about it. Uh, something happens that Meany does end up in this side. They are the first game of the week, thankfully. I will say this on Melbourne as well. You've got Grant returning, you've got Munster returning. It's Craig Bellamy's 500th game. We know that milestone games mean a lot to the Melbourne Storm. Pappy last week, 71 points without goal kicking, without scoring a try. I think he's a serious captain option this week. Is And I suppose the other thing, which we'll probably get to in more detail later on, but... The absolute carnage to, to squads at the moment. 25-man squads. I've seen teams out there with seven, eight you know, people injured. Um, I cannot believe I'm saying it after one round, but people are going to have semi-free cracks or decent cracks at the VC loophole this week. Ridiculous that we're going on about that this early on in the season, but uh, it's a realistic thing. So Papi in game one of the round, vice-captain for me, as a Harry Grant owner as well, also another option, but we need these big ceilings in Supercoach for VC. So Pappy's the man. Uh, and also they've named, uh, what's his face, Wishart on the bench for the Storm as well. Does he jump in and take 15, 20 minutes off Harry Grant first game of the season? Uh, possibly, the way it's named. I don't see why he'd be there otherwise. So just something to be cautious of for people looking at Harry Grant. But nonetheless, could come out and play 80 and let's see what that team looks like come game day. Yeah, exactly. And another thing on top of that for Melbourne, it's their first game in Melbourne in a long time. So this one is going to mean a lot to them. Matt, are you nervous about that game or what? Yeah. I'm, I'm weirdly not confident, but I, for some reason I have a good feeling about this game. I knew we'd lose a charity shield and I didn't have the best feeling against uh, Brisbane for whatever reason. I kept that quiet. But I have a good feeling about South this weekend. I don't know why. Maybe because half their team's out. I don't know why either, just quietly. 
Well, we'll come back next week and we'll I'll... Uh, back, yeah, that'll bite <laughs> me in the ass. No doubt about it. Can't wait till Puppy gets Josh knocked King out. Josh King there, mate. Guru as well. Yeah. Has come into massive relevance in Supercoach. I... To, to upgrade uh, Jackson Hastings to Dylan Brown for round one, I had to cut some money somewhere, and it was by going King down to Andrew Fafida, who looks like he's in a moon boot and in a bit of doubt at the moment for this week. Not the end of the world, but Max King, now that Christian Welch has gone for the season, Brandon Smith gone for a while, King starting again, uh, punched out big minutes last week due to the HIAs and in- injuries and all that sort of thing, but... Uh, he looks locked into a pretty decent role now. Jesse Bromwich back into the team, but at 255k, look, I'm happy to wait a week and see his output because he did only score 41 on the weekend, but uh, looks a, probably a really good buy for next week. I will, uh, before we get to Josh King, I will just defend Timmy there. I did send him a bit of dud mail there on Andrew Fafita. I got told in the last hour or two he's actually just got ice around his knee from what I've gathered. So me, do mate. better, Timmy. Kill do better. Him. But Josh King, is he a must-have now at his price? The opportunity he's going to get down there, they are just, they are so short on middle forwards. It's not even funny. I believe they've got Nelson starting this week, which I'm sure they never wanted to do. Yeah, uh, no, he's not a must-have at 255. We want to see the output first. He was pretty solid in limited time last season. But I said 255, 256k, 41 points in 64 minutes last week, not great. 45 that came in base stats, which is what we want to see. But at the same time, when we look at base stats in these forwards, it's like it's all good and well to say, sweet, the base is there, throw in the odd attacking stat, and that 45 becomes 65. There's players who just don't get attacking stats, yeah. and maybe Max King is one of those players, so we can't rely on them. Um, it's why I'm happy to see his minutes next week, because if he comes out and plays round two and plays 45 minutes or 50 minutes, which is very likely, uh, and punches out you know 35 in base in that time, and that's his score, well, he's not really going to make a, bit, a lot of money. That being said, it was round one, an early blowout for him. The role looks good for at least a month or so till sort of Brandon Smith comes back. Uh, I do like the looks of him, but for non-owners, I'd be waiting until next week. Now, as we said, we're going to go through dot points for all these teams. I just think with the New Zealand Warriors, it might just be easy to name their team because <laughs> there's just been so many changes, it's not even funny. Reese Walsh returns at fullback. Pompey on one wing with Montoya on the other side. Centers are Arthurs and Rocco Berry. Chanel Harris-Tavita and Ash Taylor in the halves. Absolutely rattled me, that one. I can't believe Nicarima's missed the side. Sean Johnson, obviously injured. Adam Fanua are up front with Matt Lodge. He returns. Wade Egan at nine. Aitken and Katoa in the second row. Curran at 13. Bench reads. Uh, Jazz, Bunty, Aaron Penne and Bailey Sirenen. Where do you start with this side? What, Mate, what are the just, standouts for I'm you? I'm just feeling for those poor draft owners who jumped on Nicarima before the start of the season. Can you imagine being one of them blokes? Yeah, look, thankfully I'm not in draft. I am a classic guy, though. I made a last-minute decision to go a pod move, and, yeah, that is a oh, – unbelievable. Anyway, we'll, we'll have a crack at Nathan Brown plenty of times during the year. We'll let him escape oh, yeah, this one. Uh, mate, Adam Fanua Blake, a lot of people very keen on him. Uh, not a bad score, but I would say it's underwhelming last week with Matt Lodge returning this week. Nervous? Not at all, mate. Uh, I mean – that's why I'm telling people not to panic this early in the season. It's one week into the year. It was pretty hot across across a lot of the country, particularly up in Townsville there. Um, the Warriors game, quite a hot one as well. And, and I'm looking at his minutes there and going, 62 minutes. Yes, Matty Lodge is coming back. But at the same time, I'm just happy to see him punching it that big of minutes this early on in the season. Uh, all right, the work rate wasn't quite there. Offloading game, which we know is synonymous with Fanua Blake scoring, wasn't quite there, what we expected. Base was down, 37 in base in those minutes. His base will get bigger than that. 
he will start offloading more. Um, so it's all I'm concerned about is minutes. And when you look back at your, your round one score and your round one rank, the Stallions, poor start for them, my boys, that is. And I just wasn't too concerned because I'm <coughs> looking at the minutes of players. I'm looking at the output of a lot of players and the roles they play. And the only one that, again, we'll get to shortly, that I sort of looked back on and went, oh, this wasn't good, was Ryan Madison, who played his 53 minutes or whatever it was, because it wasn't why I picked him and it was underwhelming. But, you know, it's round one of the season. Just like, take a chill pill and, and let's just reassess next week. I think especially that's the case with a lot of our halves that were picked. Sam Walker, very disappointing. I know a lot of people have him lined up for seemingly 150 on the weekend. Missed that by a mile. But the one half that was pretty impressive was probably Schneider. Um, 30-odd base stats, kicked a few goals. I was looking at his Cowboys matchup this week thinking, I'm going to start this guy. He's probably my best halfback at the moment. Uh, out with COVID. Another little stinger for Teamless. Yeah, look, solid enough, Schneider there. 16 points in goals of his, what was he, about 45, 46 points. Um, so you take that out. As you said, there was decent base, but we know he's a running running um, ball, uh, sort of 5'8 halfback. I am a little concerned. I know he, I believe he kicked four from four, which is encouraging. little concerned that maybe Jordi Rapana comes back and kicks next week, uh, which would not make Schneider unplayable, but you'd be very hesitant at this stage on what we saw on the weekend. Nonetheless, for a bloke at that price, point to point, and he's dished out a solid amount that, you know, there's price rises to come, uh, provided he, the Raiders keep winning games and he keeps going well, but goal kicking's the big one. Mate, Ryan Madison, you mentioned him before. Not in the side, out for two to three weeks, I believe. Nathan Brown comes into the side. Kafusi starts at 13. Another trade that a lot of people are going to have to make here. Yeah, well, oh, I was looking at possibly using no trades this week uh, and then going three and using three with the trade booster next week before those initial price rises come. The one that, as I mentioned before, the only one that I was sort of looking at moving on was Ryan Madison. So... While it's not ideal for me at all, it's kind of like, all right, it forces my hand a little bit. Uh, there's a few mid-range back rolls in Ellie Katoa, uh, Jeremiah Nanai, big time, who oh, I don't know if I want to take the gamble and I really want to see another week of. But the fact that you can move Maddo down to, to say, one of them to free up a solid 200k and then have that money to play with next week is pretty enticing for me because next week is when we make the big plays, when we've had a good look at these guys before those initial price changes occur. Just the name you mentioned there, Eli Katoa scored a good try on the weekend off Sean Johnson, no shock there, with SJ out for a couple of weeks now. Kind of looks like there's a good chance that SJ returning could line up with Tohu Harris returning, mm. which means that Eli Katoa could fall out of that side. Are you a little bit off him now that Sean Johnson's out? It doesn't help, mate, and we... I've spoken about it time and time again with Britton Nakora and just how much super coach value is added to Nakora with SJ there and how good he made him look. Uh, similar with Eli Katoa, it certainly doesn't help at all. At the, at the, on the flip side, Katoa played 73-odd minutes. Torhu not back for a while. Katoa looked good. So, mate, he's got a super coach friendly game that he bumps tackles, he offloads, he can score a try, set one up. Uh, so hard to go past. I'd probably be leaning towards Nanai, but at the same time, the Cowboys lost to the Dogs up there. He's a young fella. Is he locked into that role? I'm not so sure, but also a bloke who looked very good. Mate, imagine if you put Nanai in one of the top four sides. Oh, mate, he'd average about 85, yeah, scored two tries a week. so impressive. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Mate, two guys on the extended bench. First one over at the Sharkies, Cam McInnes. Mm. Um, we weren't really sure when we were going to see this name. I probably expected it to be next week or the week after. Uh, whether he plays or not remains to be seen, but a huge in for the Sharkies there. 
Huge in for the Sharkies. Yeah, good to see him back sooner than expected, whether he plays this week or not. He's obviously not too far off. Uh, some pretty significant supercoach implications there. Just minutes to go around. They The four-forward bench, I, I do not understand for the life of me. For feeder, Royce, the choice, Hunt, Talakai, Tolman, four big boys, for God's sake. like it, With the amount of concussions we're seeing, injuries, all these sort of things, just pick a utility back, give yourself some versatility and, and a bit of room to manoeuvre if injuries do occur. I don't think you need that many um, big boys on the bench. Hey, I'm not the coach though, so... But yeah, it'll be good to see McInnes come back in and as I said, a few supercoach implications that I know we're going to get to with one bloke pretty soon. Yeah, now the other guy, Daniel Saifiti, he's been named Jersey 24. If he doesn't play this weekend, you'd have to assume that he will probably next weekend. Mm. Uh, now that can have impact on a lot of players here. The first one is probably Jacob Saifiti, who was underwhelming anyway. I know a lot of people were keen on Saifiti mm. once his brother wasn't named. Uh, and of course, two fellas on the bench, and it's sort of been the big question this week. Do you go Leo Thompson? Do you go Mama Sia last week? People have made their decisions. If Saifiti comes in, one of them has to jump out of the 17, right? Yeah, well, I, I never understood the Mamacia pick. He, he's in something like 30% of teams, which blew my mind. It was off the back of looking good in the trials, which is all good and well, and it's good to go on form and go on the eye, but the team makeup that they've got there just did not fit with Mitchie Barnett named on the bench, who we know can play middle, we know who can play edge. We know that he's a good enough player that, despite coming off the bench, was going to demand sort of pretty decent minutes in that pack. So you throw Sofidi back into there as well, uh, I suspect being a, a more of a middle, Leo Thompson probably drops out when Saifidi comes back. But at the same time, Mama Sia played five minutes. So it's like, again, as a coach, actually, I shouldn't be knocking Adam O'Brien after what they did on the weekend of the Roosters. But you're sort of sitting there going, what's he there for? Like, <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, personally, I think young bloke, uh, I actually don't even know how old he is, but I think Leo Thompson, he looked pretty handy the other day. I wouldn't be surprised if he does stay in the side now. Sure, mate. And, and as I said, Mama um, Sia being more of a back rower, the fact that you've got Mitchie Barnett there who can slot onto the edge and play as big minutes as you need there, uh, you know, maybe they do prefer to have the, the other middle there, particularly with Phoenix Crossland as the utility sort of spine player on the bench. Um, mate, there's, there's options there. Kurt Mann's the other one who I'll be intrigued to see his minutes uh, following that. Last weekend, I think it was about 65 minutes off the top of my head, looked decent, but it was what we suspected a little bit with the ball playing role, wasn't it? He only had a real handful of runs in that time, made a fair few tackles, which is encouraging, but 36 in base, 62 minutes, looks very much like the Connor Watson role of last year, but while, while we both like Kurt Mann as a footballer, I think it's safe to say he's probably not... We don't rate him as much as, or I don't as much as Connor Watson. So if he's playing that 62 minutes, I don't think he'll quite have the relevance that we hoped. That being said, he's another guy that don't panic the fact that he scored his 40 points. Give him a week, see what he can do, see his role with if Saifidi comes back in his minutes uh, and we can make a decision next week. Last guy I want to ask you about, and not much has really changed. Well, a little bit has changed from his rice team. Let's go. We've seen Kobe Hetherington come back. Payne Haas, uh, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. Chucked our reel up on Instagram. Got a bit of pushback at the time, but since I think he scored 91 or something on the weekend, got a heap of messages saying, you've got this one wrong. Where do you sit on Payne Haas right now as it stands? Hey, when you, you put your name out there and you, especially your rubbish mug like mine out there every week, you're bound to cop a bit of a uh, stick back, aren't you? So, Live for it. Yeah, uh, expecting that one very much, mate. People are saying sort of, you know, I think my quote last week was that you won't get hurt if you don't own Payne Haas. He, you know, he won't, he won't hurt you too bad in the long run, or in the short term, I should say. 
My opinion hasn't changed that much, despite being ultra-impressive. Off the back of Kevy Walters saying, I think it was on the radio the day after the game, that he played his 71 minutes, which the night it happened, with the work rate, with the 71 minutes, I've just gone, Jesus Christ, like, I need to get him in straight away. Kevy came out and said that it was due to his HI8, stuffed with all his rotations, hence why he ended up playing 71 minutes. He said that regularly he wants him playing 60 to 65, no more, uh, and he thinks he gets more out of Payne Haas via those minutes. So as a super coach player, I'm going, you beauty. I, I go back to saying, yeah, he'll probably be the top scoring front row in the game, but in 60 to 65 minutes, I don't see him hurting you that bad. Uh, all that being said, mate, hard to knock what we saw on the weekend. We do know there's going to be concussions this year, mid-game injuries, and he'll be one of the first blokes to play those extra minutes and pick them up when required. So if he comes out this week and in 65 minutes punches out 40 tackles and 23 runs again, uh, mate, I'll be eating my words and, and he'll be one of my trades next week. But at this stage, I'll be waiting. Yep, fair shout, mate. We're going to get into some listener questions in a moment, but a lot of them centred around how many trades do I make this week? Do I make all of them? Do I make none of them? A lot of questions about the trade booster. Before we uh, do move on, for those that are new to the game, or for those that aren't even new to the game, the trade booster, what is it? So basically there, there's a certain amount of uh, rounds this season where we've been given five extra trades to last season that we can use and, and do three trades in a round, uh, which it gives us a bit of flexibility based around, I think, primarily the fact that there was the COVID threat, which we're already seeing week one in and Schneider's got COVID and, and that's leaving people shorter than anticipated with a stack of injuries as well. Um, there's concussion issues to a few key players. So basically, I think it's five rounds in the season, we can do three trades when we opt to, um, which is a brilliant thing. And I, I think one of the key times to use them this year will be next week. Uh, ideally, you'd be looking at this week going, all right, before those initial price changes occur, you want to lock in pretty four crucial trades because we've had a bit of a look at people. This time around, I'm sort of going, all right, well, if I can get away with one trade and save one, I can get a free look at every team and every player in the competition in round two and use that first booster next week. Use three trades. Uh, it'd be the equivalent of two this week, two next week. And I think that's the smart option. That being said, again, for anyone trying to save a trade this week, mate, with all the injuries that have happened, we're now looking at having to play sort of Talatau and Monet uh, in our CT double 5-8 against, I believe, the Penrith Panthers this week, which is doesn't fill you with a lot yep. of promise. Um, but if you can get away with saving one and using your three next week, so be it. That's the plan. But, again, we've got 42 to use this year, so uh, going a little bit harder a little earlier, not the end of the world. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. If we are going to go harder earlier, is there an argument to use three and three in the first two weeks? Oh... Yeah, I mean, if you need to... Look, there's people that are going to be running SJ in the halves, that are going to have Brandon Smith in the halves, that have Sean there's Russell... There's also the occasional person with Nick Arima too. You <laughs> yeah. forgot about us, but proceed yeah. anyway. The yeah. 0.01% who have him as well. So Best looking 0.1%, I'll tell you that Yeah, much. so, mate, it, look, people that have been peppered by injuries, yes. Generally speaking, I think... I'd be looking at five max over the next two weeks. Um, would, yeah, would be the idea for me. Yeah, is that what you're, you're going to sort of aim for? I'm aiming for one this week, yep. um, which now looks like being Maddo down to a mid-range back rower, and then three next week. Do you have any idea who that mid-ranger will be as it stands right now? I am thinking Nanai. Yep. Just on eye test, he looks the good. He looks a super coach scorer. It does concern me the team he's in. You know, they've got a plethora of back rolls on the bench there. Um, we saw Dunn come on and play big minutes on the weekend, so. I'm concerned, but at the same time, he scored well on the weekend. He just looks a good footballer. I do not trust Todd Payton. 
about as much as you do, I think. But um, Todd Payton roulette, welcome. Yeah, but you know, you look at you compare him to sort of the, the other one who we said before in Ellie Katoa, and I think I'm leaning towards Nanai. Uh, but mate, well, there's plenty of time to play out between now and Thursday night. Yeah, is there ever? I can make a heap of mistakes between <laughs> now and then. The SC Playbook Podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the last rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521 1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Mate, let's jump into the questions. First one comes on Instagram, at Harry G. Sort of already covered this, but he says, sell AFB. And I think, in general, it's probably a good example of a guy that if you backed him in in the preseason, give him more than a week. Of course, mate. And you've nailed it there quite subtly in that you picked your team in the preseason for a stack of different reasons. What they did last year, what they did the year before, how they looked in the trials, all these sorts of things. They come out round one and don't quite get the score they want, but they played the minutes like AFB did. It's like, just don't panic. Keep saying that, but um, let's have another look at him. I was more than happy with AFB. Mate, the fitness will come, the work. If he's getting decent minutes, the work ethic, the output will come, the offloads will come. Not a chance to sell AFB. Even if it's to the, the someone like Payne Haas, I still wouldn't do it. Mate, our next one, and I think this will be reasonably similar, at Owen Astley, do I hold stags? Now, before I hand it over to you, Stag's very disappointing, but I thought he was one or two catches away from scoring 80 or 90. I think he's an absolute hold for me. The opportunities were there. Him and Selwyn, they were just a little bit out of sync, and he let himself down a few times. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and yeah, you'll throw Adam Reynolds back into that mix in coming weeks where we, we spoke to him quite in depth earlier in the season and what he'll do to that Broncos team. But predominantly that right edge of Katoni Starks and Selwyn Cobbo, just getting them earlier ball... It's all we've wanted all Staggs' career when fit and on the field, isn't it? Just get the bloke early ball. He'll do the rest. Uh, but what he does, he digs into the line, and not only will he give him early ball, but he'll create space for him. And he'll yep. create those one-on-ones where he tears blokes apart. Um, Staggs is definitely not a sell. And again, when people are sitting there looking at Katoni Staggs getting 23 points, I'm looking at that game going, Jesus Christ, the Broncos have just beaten the Rabbitohs in round one and now have four of the softest weeks in a row that you could imagine. So happy days for Staggs. And if he comes out and, and punches out 100 points this week, you know, all of a sudden he's sitting on a 60-point average across the first two rounds. So, you know, patience. If there was a mascot for back your gut feel in and you've already picked Staggs, don't move off him for me. For sure. Back him in. He will come good. Uh, next one's really interesting and a lot of people are in this position. This one comes from AJ1989. He's got Satili, Walker, Billy Smith. Do we trade? I would add on to AJ's question that I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who I know there's a few boys in my group chat who have upward of six roosters in their starting side and that has gone the complete opposite way to what they anticipated. Where are you sitting on the Chooks boys? Well, mate, throw it back to you. The roosters last week uh, looked like a bit of an anomaly, a terrible one-off performance. Do you see that continuing this year, or do you think there's too good a roster and they'll come good? How, how do you see it? I, I don't see it continuing for the whole season, but I can understand where people are worried that it could take four or five weeks yep. for them to get back to the team we were expecting to see in round one. Um, I will say one name there, um, Satili Tupanua. He swapped sides. That is a bit of a red flag for me. I really wanted him on the right edge. Where do you sit on uh, Satili? Uh, again, you've backed yourself round one with him. We knew before last week that Satili's a back rower who, to score well in Supercoach, needs attacking stats. 
and he's good enough to get those attacking stats. But when they don't come, he'll punch out your 36s and your 46s and that sort of thing. But on the flip, there'll be weeks where you'll score doubles and you'll score 100. Again, you balance that average out over a couple of weeks and it's looking pretty good. Um, so just for the fact that the, the Roosters got pummeled in week one, you know, Billy Smith played, was it about 56 minutes, went yeah. off early. Mate, he's got a very... very close to scoring a try he, too. He's a terrific yeah. footballer. They'll be very... I'd, I'd be surprised this season, barring mass injuries, if they get done by a margin of 24, 30 points a game. They'll come good. They do play... The, the only way I can justify the even thought of selling guys like Walker and Billy Smith, definitely not Billy Smith at the price, but it's the fact that they play Manly this week, then the Bunnies, so it's a tough couple of weeks, but then they go Cowboys, Broncos, Warriors, Dragons, Bulldogs, Titans. And I'm just sitting there going, you beauty, even if they have a few lower scorelines score early on, don't underestimate the value of a trade and what how important those trades are going to be in the back end of the year. So if you're selling these guys who you'll probably bring back into your team at some point, it's just madness. So uh, it's definitely a wait for me on, on all of those blokes. I wouldn't be surprised if they still look very rusty this weekend, but you would have to think that that South Sydney game forces them. It'd be huge. Pull it into gear, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and look, I'm backing them all on talent anyway, particularly those, the three that have been mentioned there. Billy Smith uh, will have to car- pass concussion protocols this week to take his spot um, but look I mean to be honest if he sits out and, and misses one of the tougher games against Manly for yeah. Supercoach is probably not the end of the world that being said with the amount of injuries at CT Dub this week a lot of us will probably need him playing so yeah, yeah we'll see mate Mate, next question comes from D.I. Gibson on Instagram is there an advantage to holding on to some money at the moment I know that I've got a little bit stashed away I've gone obviously obviously without Cleary, but I've gone without Turbo to start the season as well. I've got a bit of cash in reserves there. Where do you sit on that approach? If you can do it, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you can save 50 to 100K to to play around with, as I mentioned, next week for me is the big trade week as opposed to this week. Um, Sometimes we're not afforded that luxury in round one. I, I try to aim for about 50K in my bank round one to 100K to give us that flexibility to play around with because I guarantee there'll be people this week, there'll be people next week who are sitting there going, geez, if I take that extra 10K, 20K, all three of my trades could look so much better. Um, it doesn't always work out that way and we're happy with the 25-man squad we've got. Um, but yeah, if you're in a position to do it, hence why I'm looking at going Mado to a you know a Katoa or Nanai this week because 200K to play with next week, it, it means you can do pretty close to whatever you want, really. Yeah. Mate, next question comes from Sutto.j. Do we sell Turbo and buy him back in a few weeks? Now, as a non-Turbo owner, I remember sitting there on Thursday night over at the DY Hotel, pretty drunk as it was, but just thinking, (laughs) how good? Turbo shit the bed. Teddy's going to score 100. Pappy's going to score 100. Gutho's going to score 100. Yeah. But it turned out to be a pretty good player on Thursday night, just quietly in comparison. For me, I sort of sit the same. If you back Turbo in from the start, I don't know if it's worth selling him. Where do you sit on it? Uh, I wouldn't, no. Uh, I think you, you bought him for a reason. Again, as a, as a bloke who didn't have a great first week of Supercoach score-wise, one of the biggest things I was looking at going, and everyone was looking at going into the round, was if Tommy Turbo doesn't score well, boom, I've made the biggest, most correct decision of the preseason. Mm. That was not starting with him. Now, that could change in the next couple of weeks, but as it stands, so relieved to see him punch out 62 or whatever that was, and they got belted, the Seagulls. Oh, they didn't look like scoring either, realistically. No, not, not at all. So the, the, the issue I have is, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on it, mate, but based on what we've seen in round one in a very small sample size, it was something I feared a little bit coming into the year that with the alterations to the six again rule 
and not even so much the alterations with the, the inside 40 penalties, more just the, the interpretations and the leniency on it to let a few more go and not call them all over the place. We saw lower score lines. There were three players who scored Supercoach tons on the weekend. Two of them were completely irrelevant. And then there was Jerome Hughes who turned up as well. So I look at this and go, right, if this is going to continue with the smaller, shorter small uh, score lines and that sort of thing, then your Tommy Turbos, your Nathan Clearys, these top dollar players could be significantly overpriced. At what point do you make the call and go, all right, it was a one-week anomaly or this is going to continue for the season and get rid of guys like Tommy Turbo early because they are going to hemorrhage cash if it continues. Where do you sit on it and do you think the, the, the lower scorelines will continue? I, I don't think you make a call on it this week. Mm. You, what, what you just said might be spot on and we might be sitting here in two weeks' time going, well, we're playing 2018 Supercoach all of a sudden. Yeah. But then to me, there's the other side of the coin that, yes, the officiating changed a little bit and everything, but it's also round one. Teams have six months to brace themselves uh, outside of Parramatta and the Titans who just played fuck it footy. <laughs> Everyone else came in with a defensive mindset. This is how we start a season off. So I'm, uh, I'm 50-50 on whether I think the game has slowed down a touch. I don't think there's any denying that, but whether it's slowed down enough for, you know, all of these really significant guys last year to just drop back to the pack unbelievably, I'm not sure. I mean, I look at the sides that were really good last year outside of Penrith, they essentially all lost this weekend. Yeah. I just, I can't see that continuing, you know what I mean? And with 99% of these players, you can sit there and go, all right, let's have a look at round two and see if these sort of trends continue. And you can make some big calls on big dollar players next week if need be. Tommy's a hard one because Roosters this week, Bulldogs next week. So then you're sitting there next week going, I've got Tommy at 15% ownership who I can captain against the Bulldogs who could score 200. Um, do I sell him despite having a break even of 280? It's a position I'm glad I'm not going to be in. Um, it's a bloody tough one to start this But season. in saying that, like, Turbo just played the best defensive team in the competition. Yep. He got 62. I would argue that if he was playing anyone else, probably tons up there, doesn't he? Exactly right. Like, and you're not too worried. And so. then all of a sudden, if Katoni Staggs catches or just completes half the plays that come his way, there's a good chance that he tons up there as well. So all of a sudden, you got five guys there. I'm not panicking like other people are. Um, I'm nervous about it. Don't get me wrong. Definitely nervous about it, but I'm not panicking like other people are. Maybe we'll jump to the last question, then we'll come back to second last. This one's sort of relevant, relevant here. Ryan underscore Eagles 2 is the priority. Cleary? Turbo. Mate, that's a wait and watch, isn't it? We need to see that. It'll all be based around break-evens, and where we're at in a few weeks' time when Cleary comes back. I mean, if Cleary comes back... Next week, and it's all around Tommy and his break-even, mate. So if in two weeks' time when we're looking to try and get Turbo at a big discount, uh, it'll be him because clearly he'll only have a game under his belt or whatever, and there'll be time to sit and watch him uh, come back from injury. Uh, but it, it's, it's a question only time will tell. Mate, our last question comes from Rugby League underscore updates, and geez, he had a blinder on the weekend. Tig Wilton out on the left edge. For the Cronulla Sharks, ran a brilliant line. Nico Hines put him straight through. I think he scored 85 super coach points on the weekend, somewhere around that mark. Wade Graham, obviously missing for another three to four weeks. Where do you sit on Wilton? A hey, big fan of Tiggy Wilton, a uh, Group 16 boy down from Naruma, uh, my local area. Not Naruma, but Group 16 that is. So always time for those boys and good to see him doing well. He's a good footballer. He runs a great line. He's got a big motor on him, can yep. play big minutes and get through a lot of work. He's a great super coach player. He's just in a pack with a lot of depth. And then, as I mentioned before, with the Sharkies being a four-forward bench, that doesn't help him. 
Cam McInnes being named on the extended bench this week, pretty well put to nail through him for me. You look at Wade Graham, who's going to come back. What was he meant to be around about four or five sort of yep. thing? He comes back in fitness pending, close to an 80-minute roll on the edge. Britton Nakora plays 80 minutes. So the minutes aren't going to be there for him unless more injuries occur. So it's, it's a no from me, but a guy that if there are more injuries at the Sharkies in the pack down the line, he could become seriously supercoach significant. Mate, before we go, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you can go back to last Thursday afternoon and you can make two changes to your side, you've got free range. Don't worry about money. you just got free range. Who, who would you have done? Oh, mate, it's a, it's a tough one. As I said, I'm, I'm probably trying to cover over the cracks a little bit here today, a little bit too much, I think. But one of them, I was really content with my team going into the week. Ryan Madison was the one that I thought, all right, Nathan Brown on the extended bench worried me. Uh, the fact that he played in the middle during the season worried me. And I'm all about backing my decisions. And if they go wrong, I'll own my decisions. So as I said, I was happy with pretty well, pretty close to 24 out of 25 players in my squad. Maddo didn't get the minutes uh, that were anticipated. So I wish I'd gone elsewhere for him and, and maybe backed a mid-ranger in Nanai. Or pro- I was never really thinking Katoa, but I was pretty keen on Nanai. Mm. That's the one that I wish I could change big time. Um, as far as the rest of them go, nothing sort of too substantial. Dylan Brown didn't exactly kill it, but at the same time, he shifted to centre. He was looking good early, set up a try there. Shifted to centre when Sean Russell went off, and from there his super coach output was just killed. They can't do that again, surely. And uh, I'll have Nakora, Neokora, should I say, back on the bench this week, who can slot into that centre yeah. role if there's injuries in the back line. So, so that's not going to happen with him, um, mate. I suppose the in ter- terms of backing your own decision and ones that I regret. I don't regret it, but James Tedesco being captain, 30 points and whatnot. But again, he was a bloke I was always skippering, so I can cop that. There wasn't ifing and butting and toing and froing on that one. Um, and to be honest, there wasn't many captains who scored well for people last week. He was just worse than most. Mm. Now, like most people in the rugby league universe, you went one up on the guru this weekend. Liam Martin, <laughs> your boy, scored a meaty. What did he score? 80 supercoach points? Yep. You must be happy with that. Mate, if there was... Yeah, that was beautiful. If there's one... We missed a lot about footy in the off-season, but one of the big ones was just those junk time tries. I was sitting there with the boys, having a few cheeky beers on Thursday night, kicking off the season when Martin crashed over. Mate, I was that bloody loud at the time. So, uh, again, I, I sound like a, a beaten record a little bit here, but whether he scored that or not, he played 80 minutes, and, and that's what I wanted to see from Liam Martin, regardless of score. His base was solid, uh, but, mate, when he scored that, that try, it was, it was the cherry on top for Thursday night between that and Tommy Turbo going no good. Well, I mean, mate, even if you take out that try, you're still looking at, you know, 50 to 55. Yeah. You're happy with that? Happy with that. Good minutes. So yeah. going forward. Nathan Cleary's not on the field yet. For sure. Huge upside there. Guys, thank you for joining us once again. Make sure you hit subscribe, like, leave a comment, all the good stuff. Make sure you go out this weekend, buy a case of Bloke in a Bar, support the best platform and beer in rugby league. And make sure you go check out Timmy's work on the Supercoach Playbook. Where can they find you? Mate, www.scplaybook.com.au. Also a podcast that drops a bit later tonight as well to coincide with this great one, of course. Um, Jump on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place there. So go and check it out. Yeah, and if you are looking for a deeper analysis of the team list, 
you guys will go pretty much game for game, won't you? A bit more, into a bit more depth anyway? Oh, a different sort of, yeah. That's, yeah. Mate, I'll make sure we don't double up with this podcast in the yep. other one. So it's, it's not going to be doubling up on content. Uh, on this podcast, the, the beers and break-evens, you do a lot of the hosting, I do a lot of the chatting. On my podcast, I've got ex-winners of Supercoach, ex-runner-ups, a lot of really good talent on there, data analysts, all different sorts of people. Uh, and we cover different topics. I do the hosting, they do the talking. So different ballgrams. I'd hate to hear you tell them what, what who you deal with on here, just quietly. Oh, I definitely don't fit under any of those tags. I know that for sure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, guys. See you next Tuesday night here on YouTube.